I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 390. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. When my listener Kayla sent me a voicemail, Did you know you could do that for my website? I love hearing your voices when you do that. Uh, But when Kayla sent me a voicemail about this week's song, Glory, Honor, Power by Influence Music, my heart warmed when she also suggested that there was an area of scripture to explore. And this is just what I want to inspire you to do. Explore what God's word says and let the music remind you of his word. I love, love, love it. But before we jump into the area of scripture that Kayla mentioned and one other place I want to go, let's listen. When Kayla suggested this song, she said the chorus reminded her of the scene out of Revelation 4, and the chorus says, Holy is the Lord, holy is the Lord Almighty, seated on the throne, seated on the throne of glory, high and lifted up, your presence fills the temple when we worship you, oh, we worship you. Now, what an amazing scene that God reveals to mere mortals. This is the throne room of God. This is not a movie set. This is real. Now, in episode 369, we study this chapter and the one to follow. And in that episode, I suggest that you read the text while listening to epic music. Now, that's a Bible study interaction tool exercise that I employ from time to time. And by the way, I call these exercises bites for short. This one definitely keeps it interesting as you begin to read and interact with God's word because that epic music kind of puts you in the mood to experience a very epic scene. So while it's not a movie set, it is epic. It's the throne room of God. And Jesus literally takes John through a doorway into heaven straight into the throne room of God. And this is where you take the bite of using your imagination. Let the scene settle over you. Try to picture the creatures and crowns. Try to picture what is being described you are not going to mess it up because even though you're not going to come close to in your own imagination for what is actually there, the reality of what's there to picture the wonder of this place, go wild. Lay aside any inhibitions. Let's go through the door together, led by John, led by Jesus, and see what we see and let our imaginations go wild. Again, you're not going to mess this up 
whatever is the reality is far greater than we could ever imagine. But I think that it doesn't mean we shouldn't try to imagine. Okay, John himself is trying to describe something that he's never seen before using words and that probably don't do it justice. So we're going to try to do this together. Okay, so uh, in Revelation 4, it says, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. Now, in my, if you don't read chapters 1 through 3, which I highly recommend reading in context, chapters 1 through one through 4, like go ahead and read all the way through this chapter that you're reading. Um, but if you don't, if you just hop right into chapter 4 And my Bible version has those words in red. So this shows Jesus saying, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. So can you hear this voice? This uh, I heard speaking to me like a trumpet. Can you hear it? What does a voice like a trumpet sound like? Is it an announcing type voice? Is it a sing-song voice? I mean, how many times have you read something like this and just passed on? Today, I want you to stop. What does a voice like a trumpet sound like in your mind? Let your mind hear these words in a voice like a trumpet. Ready? Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. All right, verse two. At once I was in the spirit and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. So I did a quick Google search and I just looked up that Jasper Jim, Carnelian Jim, and it will show you, and I hope you do this, that the, it's a the red flame color of Jasper and Carnelian. Uh, go ahead, do it. Pause Google as you continue to imagine this scene. But both Jasper and Carnelian are like a flame red color. So he's using two different gems to try to describe this red flame color that he sees. Uh, and this is the appearance of the person sitting on the throne. Okay, let's keep reading. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. So in my mind, it makes sense that the rainbow was a circle. Okay, because I've read that rainbows really are circles, that it's just that we can only see part of them. Hmm. In heaven, we can see the entire covenant symbol gloriously circling the throne. Just a thought. And this whole idea that it had the appearance of an emerald. I mean, emerald is green. So maybe it just kind of had a green hue. I don't know. You picture it. This is your imagine. This is your imagination applying what John is trying to describe with words. Verse four, around the throne were 24 thrones and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. Now, I ran across an article that eloquently describes the five heavenly crowns mentioned in the New Testament beyond the scope of our discussion today, but it's intriguing nonetheless. And so I'm going to go ahead and link to this article in the show notes. You can find that at michellekneesat.com forward slash 390. But even so, the crowns are, a crown is a symbol of honor and sovereignty. It shows that they reign over something. So picture the crowns. 
Remember what I said? You're not going to make a mistake in your imagination. Um, you'll be wrong because, of course, it will be way more glorious than we can imagine. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try. So go ahead and picture those golden crowns. Do they have jewels in them? Um, are I mean, obviously, we know that they're golden. Uh, just picture these 24 thrones. Picture these 24 elders. Picture the white garments and the golden crowns. Verse 5. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. Now, I've been in some pretty wicked storms. So picture that. Only elevate it. Okay. Can you hear it? Can you see it? Does it make you jump? Why not? Like every single lightning and thunderstorm I've been in makes me jump. And so because the flashes come out of nowhere and then just as soon as you're lulled into thinking that the thunder is not coming right behind and it, I mean, we were in a wicked storm not too long ago and it just shook the whole house. Um, can you imagine it? Can you picture this? Let your imagination jump at the sight and the sounds that you're hearing um, in this throne room. All right, seven torches, which are the seven spirits. Normally, I would just skip over this because maybe I don't know what that is. And I do encourage, if you're brand new to reading the Bible and you just get stuck in places and it frustrates you and then you set it aside, I encourage you not to get stuck. Just just read the stuff that you can understand for now. This is not a forever. This is a for now. Set aside the things you don't understand. And you can uh, seek outside sources to answer some of your questions. You could talk to a pastor or a friend who's maybe... Be a little bit further down the road than you, but I can picture these seven torches. Obviously, there were seven because John said it, but what does it mean? So I actually use the bite of consulting an outside resource. Again, I'm going to link to the article in the show notes, but the short answer is theologians are not quite sure what the seven spirits and the seven torches are. Best guess, the number seven is the perfect number of completion in the Bible. So it is a representation of the perfect and complete Holy Spirit. Now, that makes sense that the God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit would all be present in the throne room. All right, verse 6. And before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. This crystal glass sea is mentioned elsewhere in Scripture. Uh, You can go search, search that out. But go on, picture it. Is it vast? Is it clear? Is it thick? Is it sparkly? I mean, I don't know. What do you see in your mind's eye? And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. (laughs) This is normally where I give up. I'm not much of a sci-fi lover. It's hard for me to picture this, but to be honest... It also seems a little creepy with all these eyes and all this other stuff on the one hand. But then it also seems super fantastical on the other. So work with me. Picture it in your mind. Google photos of lions and oxen and eagles if you want to be reminded of the features of these creatures. Look deeply into um, the details that John, why would John say that? John says like a lion, like an ox, like an eagle in flight. So it won't be exactly, these are the only things that he could think of to compare it to. It's obviously something he's never seen before. So imagine it. He didn't have the words to describe what he's looking at. So cast aside restraint and really try to imagine these creatures. And the four living creatures, verse 8, each of them with six wings are full of eyes all around and within and day and night. They never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. 
Now, Isaiah and Ezekiel both describe these creatures as well if you want to follow the bite of chasing down a cross reference or two. Uh, maybe this is where your imagination really comes alive. Dig in. Go on a quest through scripture to learn more about these creatures and their role in the throne room of God. Verse 9. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. All right, keep going. Picture it. You see these fantastical creatures saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And the next thing you know, these 24 elders, in case you're wondering, scripture never really defines exactly who these 24 elders are. But they hear the declaration from the four creatures and their response is to fall down before the throne and worship our eternal God. Even more than that, keep reading. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. So did you already picture their golden crowns? Uh, They must be important. A crown is bestowed and displays great honor. But these 24 elders cast these crowns before the throne. Can you hear them clatter? Can you hear them pinging against the crystal sea as their voices rise above the clamor of the cast aside crowns to declare the worth of our God? To declare how worthy he is to receive glory and honor and power? And why? Because he created all things and by his will they existed and were created. This is a loud and dazzling scene full of fantastical things that we really can't describe with words, even though John tries to, because we've never experienced anything like it. And now that you've pictured it, think of this. This scene is playing out right now in heaven. And now that we've taken the time to picture this scene, and honestly, I hope you invest some time this week on your own reading Revelation 4, really taking the bites of meditation and imagination for yourself. But now that we've taken time to picture the scene, I have to ask myself, so what? How should comprehending this in a new way change the way I think? So to be honest, I jumped at the chance to do this song because of the word glory in the title and the lyrics. A friend from church is really pondering this idea of God's glory. She has even had some vivid dreams uh, related to this topic. Simultaneously, I've been reading a book entitled Show Me Your Glory, Understanding the Majestic Splendor of God by Stephen Lawson. And even though all of that is running through my mind, I set aside all of that to really take in the scene of Revelation 4. I don't want to bring in my preconceived ideas. I don't want to bring in academic thoughts or even spiritual or emotional experiences when I first approach the text. There is time to take all of that into account, but first we need to focus on what the text actually says, and so that's what I was trying to do. And I think the approach that we took today includes the bite of slowing down. You know, sometimes we get in a big rush to get to the so what so that we can then move on. We want a tweetable thought or even some deep revelation, but we forget that we have to do the work to get to those deep revelations and we forget how shallow those tweetable thoughts really are. But now that we've done, we've gone through those that text slowly, we've really placed ourselves on the crystal floor of the throne room. We need to ask ourselves, how does what we've just experienced change us? And here are some of the thoughts that jumped out at me. The glory, honor, and power that is due God on the grounds that he is the creator and by his will they were created and even exist. The only reason the creatures exist is because God created them. 
The only reason the 24 elders are in the room is because God created them. And the only reason we have a being at all is because it was God's will to create us. So how does that impact me today? Well, when I really let it soak in that I am the created and he is the creator, I am reminded that he gets to set the purpose and direction for my life. He got to pick my hair color and my family. He got to choose what year I would be born and what country I'd be born in. He gets to choose. He's the creator. I'm the created. Let's try another bite here, though. Let's consider the opposite. So if God is worthy to receive glory and honor and power, what is the opposite of glory and honor and power? That's another bite. What is the opposite of glory? Insignificance which is what I bestow upon him when I do my own thing, when I don't pray continuously for his leading in his wisdom, when I ignore his ways rather than consider his ways. I, uh, I ascribe insignificance to him instead of glory. What about honor? What's the opposite of honor? Dishonor and disregard and distrust. When we don't like the direction that the King of Kings is taking our lives and our world, or we don't like the seeming inaction of the King of Kings in our lives and our world, we tend to distrust him. We disregard his role in our lives. And on a really bad day, we dishonor him, bringing shame on the name of Christ that we bear as children um, and stewards of his glorious inheritance. All right, what about the opposite of power? Weakness and incompetence. You see, our world attributes these characteristics to God all of the time. The world doesn't like his ways, so they call them bigoted or outdated or foolish or wrong. But God is not incompetent. He is the creator. By his will, we who mischaracterize him at every turn, by his will, we exist because it was his will that we exist. Now, I don't want to muddy the waters with another text, but I really can't help but think about the picture in Jeremiah chapter 18. God tells Jeremiah to head on down to the potter's house and that he'll speak to him there. And Jeremiah says in verse three, so I went down to the potter's house and there he was working at his wheel and the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand and he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good for the potter to do. And then God's word to Israel was that he's the potter and it's up to him to set a course for nations and it's his prerogative to start over and reshape the plan. I encourage you to go read it, especially in light of what we've read today in Revelation, uh, in light of the disaster we see unfolding in Afghanistan, especially if you think God has acted wrong or not acted when he should have, either on the world stage or in your personal life. Ultimately, God is still on his throne, and this is what he asks of us, of of all of us. It's found in verse 11 of Jeremiah 18. Return everyone from his evil way and amend your ways and your deeds. I pray that we don't answer like the people in Jeremiah's day answered. They said, that is in vain. We will follow our own plans, and will everyone act according to the stubbornness of his evil heart? You see, when we don't have a deep abiding understanding and belief that God is holy and worthy, we follow our own plans and ascribe to him insignificance, incompetence, and ultimately disregard him in our everyday lives rather than ascribing him what is due him, glory, honor, and power. 
And even though the reality of who God is far exceeds our comprehension, we could never adore a God that isn't worthy of all glory, honor, and power. Knowing this should drive us to respond like those 24 elders, falling on our face in worship, casting any glory we've been given ourselves at the foot of his throne. So what's next? We'll spend some time in Revelation chapter 4. Go slow. Imagine the scene. It's a dramatic scene. I don't think you can overdo it in your conceptualization. Once you really have the throne room and what's going on there firmly in your mind, ask God to reveal to you how that should change the way you think. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneesat or Facebook. Michelle L. Kneesat is my public page. Let's talk about what you're learning there. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network, a network of podcasts associated with New Release Today. NewReleaseToday.com is the most innovative and largest Christian entertainment site online existing to inform fans immediately about each week's new releases. I'm super excited to be part of this network. I encourage you to check out all of their resources on their website as well. Now, if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. This challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You're never too late to jump in. Just submit your name and email address at michellekneesat.com forward slash 30 day challenge and you're in. Now I'm excited about the upcoming women's conference in September where I will be the keynote speaker. There is still time to register for the Cultivate Conference in Lafayette, Louisiana, September 10th through the 11th. You can learn more about that on my website and then michellekneesat.com and go ahead and click on the speaking and scheduled events tab. We are going to meet with the God of the universe together in a unique and mighty way and I really want you to be there. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Heath from Colorado, Amy from North Carolina, Marie from California, Shabu from Dubai, Michelle from the U.S., Theron from from India, I probably mispronounced that, I'm sorry, and Jessica from Pennsylvania. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. This is a great place to start. It's a really great resource. I hope you'll enjoy it. You will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. I, I include a memory verse resource in that email. I send you all of the show notes, any additional resources that I talk about or I've used in my own personal study is conveniently sent to your inbox. And you also get any of the extra resources that I create from my episodes from time to time. You get them first. So it's all, all of that is just my way of saying Thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Um, This really encourages me. It does. But it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. So uh, as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneesat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Help is on the Way, Maybe Midnight by Toby Mack to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 390. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. 
Until next time, take time to meditate on God's Word and consider His ways.